So why am I doing this? I'm starting this podcast because we all have a story and finances play a part in our struggles and successes. If we can learn from the many mistakes many others have made, we can make sure that more of us are successful. Like the quote says, to increase the chances of success, we must increase our failure rate. To be honest, I failed a ton. I will bring people from all walks of life, but mostly service members. If you have a story you would like to share, do not hesitate to reach out. From the go, like and subscribe to this podcast so many others can benefit. Today we have Maya from Francis and Reeves Advisory. This is the CPA firm that I've been working with to get the right information to all of you guys. So Maya, how are you today? Uh, Mia. <laughs> Mia, sorry, my bad. Mia from Francis and Reeves. I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm doing so well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I've been uh, looking forward to this conversation all week. Um, I've been telling people and uh, obviously from both sides of like an expert and a woman in finance, I think is really awesome. Uh, as we, the more that I, I dive into this world, there's a sh- shortfall. And, you know, as you've seen people that are, are doing in finance, like women kill it. Like us dudes don't even stand a chance. Uh, and it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, so tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Where were you raised? Where were you born? And how did you get to be a CPA? Yes. Um, well, thank you for the compliment. And um, I look at it as, you know, women or men, we have equal opportunities to pursue our happiness. Think about oh, the movie, yeah. Pursue Your Happiness, right? And so I'm trying to help as much as many people as possible. But I'm really proud of being a woman in finance. Well, about my upbringing, I grew up in Vietnam, um, 18 years in Vietnam, in Hanoi, Vietnam. So I you probably heard about it, and oh, yeah. I um, got a full ride scholarship to go to TCU, um, Texas Christian University, to pursue an, the accounting degree. Nice. Um, the reason why I picked to do accounting was when I was 12 years old, my parents gave me the book Think and Grow Rich and reached out for that, and I just fell in love. Right, so I immediately wanted to have my own business and do something with my life, and I didn't know what kind of business to have, so. I started uh, selling cakes to people from the schools nearby and I got made some money and that was like my first project, but it was not until when I was 18 years old that I mm-hmm. started to study and, and wanted to go to the U.S. because the authors of Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they were from the U.S. So I just wanted right. to go to the best country in the world to study about accounting, which is the fi- a foundation to starting a business. So that's how I ended up in accounting and I've not regretted a day since. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's crazy. I don't know if you remember, but the author from thinking uh, from Richard Porta was a Marine. And uh, I see a lot of how his upbringing led to being the way that I am now. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Our upbringing and then the formative years in the military plays a role uh, with that, because I've had a few people ask, do you have any opinion now about this uh, schools that you would recommend to go for a CPA degree for an accounting degree? Because I keep seeing a lot of people in, um, what is it, uh, Brigham Young and a lot of people in oh. Texas. So is that, are those the best schools or like commonly known? Well, if, if you remember when we reached that for that, the, the author said it doesn't really matter if you go to school or not. It's, True. In fact, education is not really the way that you should go if you wanted to, you know, be successful in life. There are different ways to be successful, right? I kind of agree with that, but I do think that accounting, like you cannot study accounting if you do not go to school. Right. <laughs> so um, in terms of schools, I looked at when I, when I was studying for college and picking college, colleges, I initially wanted to study at a good business school. Mm-hmm. So business schools, you have TCU, Brigham Young, right? And then right. 
like top 30 business schools, um, old school in Texas are great. But then when it comes to accounting programs, I think the number one accounting programs are, uh, it's from the UT Austin. Mm. Oh, yeah, wow. UT Austin and Brigham Young. But it doesn't, to me, though, in particular, I was not looking at ranking as much as the scholarship they gave me. Right. But in terms of what kind of education to get, honestly, I don't think people care much about what school you go to, but like they care about if you can pursue the CPA license, if you can, you know, work for a public accounting firm, how many years of experiences you have, mm -hmm. um, is your license active? So from a CPA standpoint, that's what matters more than what school you go to. Right. But I love my school and I'm grateful because they gave isn't you. It, isn't it the Horned Frogs? Horned Frogs, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to care a lot about sports. You know, sports are awesome, but I just haven't followed it. So that, that makes sense because a lot of guys and girls are looking what to do with their careers. A few people ask me about like, where should uh, they pursue accounting education? It just, it even works even better uh, given that UT Austin is a very veteran friendly school. So uh -huh. that is, that's awesome. So your finance scripts, uh, we spoke a little bit about this. What are some things that you heard outside of rich dad, poor dad and thinking grow rich? that have a had a formative effect in how you see finance, money, business, uh, that you heard it in your youth and an upbringing? Man, so many books, because I don't know why, but I just have this passion about money and finance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because um, to me, I think money means a lot of things. It's It means that you have freedom. Mm -hmm. um, you can give more love to people, contribute more to people's lives, and you can really just grow yourself. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything evil to me in particular, but in terms of the influences, um, which that point I think in Real Reach, definitely. I, I like the book, I'll help um, Ramit Sethi. Yes. I, yes. So I, yeah. I like his book and I like his philosophy. Mm -hmm. in, in the past, I read Dave Ramsey and, you know, the debt-free uh, mentality. I like yeah. Grant Cardone. So uh, different people have different mentalities around finances, right? right? Um, but I kind of want to absorb their knowledge and inform my own opinion about what works best for me. And, you know, what works best for me doesn't mean it works for other people. I agree. And, and I'll, I'll, I personally have my opinions about Ramsey. I don't like it. Does not work for me. But when people tell me they use Dave Ramsey, I'm like, great. Get out of your situation and improve it. Uh, but there's a lot more other information that to to expand on it. But what about uh, things that your family said, like, you know, uh, money doesn't grow on trees or uh, the rich are evil? Did you ever have anything like that in your upbringing? Let me think. I think my grandparents uh, were very frugal. So right. I grew up where my grandparents were, um, they, they live in a very small apartment and my parents were working all the time. And, you know, I was just hanging out with my grandparents until I was like 10. Right. And we have to save a lot of, uh, we even have to save electricity and water. Like <laughs> I have to make sure that whenever I go to a different room, I have to turn off electricity and water. So it's a frugality, like a frugal mentality mindset yeah. that I got from my grandparents, even though it didn't say it to me, but I know that I should always save. Right. And they're kind of aligned with a Dave Ramsey, you know, right. mindset, right? It's like, you have to just save a lot and do not have any debt. And when I read the book, Think and Grow Rich and Drink Dad, Poor Dad, I had a, had a shift in my mindset because right. now it's not just about saving, but it's about investing. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean investing in real estate, though. I think uh, Robert talked a lot about real estate, but it's also investing in your future and right. education. Um, right. Not a traditional education form, but like just education from having a network of mentors, from your peers, from your mastermind. So I learned a yeah. lot about 
No, I, I totally agree with that. And I often deal with service members because of the VA loan. They often see real estate as like uh, the, the perfect solution to financial independence. And I mm -hmm. keep telling them, it's like, it's one of the ways. It's not the way, right? And we got to apply all that. And the number one asset class is investing yourself. So uh, I totally agree with that. And it's actually funny. I was asking you about financial scripts and your grandparents reminded me of when I was young uh, in Ecuador, there was a drought and we would go summers having to lose electricity. And, and I never realized why I am the way I am until just now. It's like, that's why I'm so frugal with electricity. You know, I remember like, hey, power's out for the six hours in the summer during the day. And it's like, oh, figure it out. Uh, and it's so normal. But and now we're very fortunate, right? We live in America, the greatest country in the world. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about uh, CPA stuff because oh, that's... Sorry. Okay. Uh, going back, I haven't finished yet. Oh, about sorry, the, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. The, the mentality be behind go that ahead. because my grandparents and then the books and then my parents were actually pretty successful. Mm. Uh, they have, uh, they're doctors, so they do make uh, oh. money. And so their mindset were different from my grandparents' mindset too. And they never taught me that money should be, uh, it should be a scarcity mindset. Like we don't have that going up. So I right. just, when it comes to mindset, I just absorb information from so many different people. And then, you know, after I went to school and got a CPA license, I, you know, got coached by a lot of different mentors Yeah. and um, I picked their brain. But then again, it's, it's, I want to make sure that I can form my own opinion about money because it works for me. But when I work with people like you or work with people that need tax planning help, then every time we do tax planning for someone, it's a customized plan. Right. Just because I want to invest in insurance and real estate uh, doesn't mean that you would do the same. You might just want to invest in your 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 business, right. and then you know, maybe ten years, five years from now, then you save enough and you do insurance. So there are different people with different um, different plans in mind, and we want to make sure we respect that. But right. give right. our opinion as well. Right. No, and and that's uh that's huge. Like what you said, that you don't have a scar a scarcity mindset. You have an abundance mindset. Uh, and again, we learned that in Think and Grow Rich, right? There's enough money for all of us and for us, all of us to have a lot of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, on CPA stuff, because that's really, I feel there's a huge gap in, there's already a huge gap in knowledge in personal finance, right? So when it comes to things that you do for people, why would you say that tax planning is important? Hmm. Just tax planning itself. Okay. Because um, I think that tax is, you think about it, do you think tax is going to go up or go down? All right, they're going way up. <laughs> it's not going to go way up. anytime soon or ever in the future. So right. tax is, if you think about taxes that you paid, a lot of people just think about taxes they pay to the federal government. So it could be between 15% and 40%, right? But then they forget about state taxes and right. city tax, county tax. Sales tax, every time you buy something, depending on the state, you pay 8% in, in sales tax or in, in, in taxes too. Right. Um, property taxes. So if you add up all the taxes that you have to pay, it's probably more than 50% for each one of us. Wow. Well, because, you know, most people forget about property tax and, and payroll taxes, sales tax, self-employment taxes, right? Right. So with that being said, imagine the people that they are already at the 39 percent or 40 percent tax bracket if you add everything up it's probably 70 percent of their income goes to taxes now 
I do not tell people to pay less than they should, but they want to make sure that they have enough money left for themselves and right. to build their life and their legacy and help their families as well. So our goal here is not to do anything illegal to help people like avoiding taxes in a, you know, um, sketchy way, but we want to make sure that people are protected and pay the right amount, the amount that right. they think they should. Right. Legally. So. Right. And I, I read somewhere that uh, like 5% of the tax code is how we get taxed. 95 is how we get out of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have time to read that. And that's why I go to professionals like you and, and to Jeff, because there's a lot of power in that. And I want to lower my fees. So I want to cut back on my taxes. So that's, that's huge. And I would recommend any business owner to reach out to a reputable CPA and hold them accountable. I have a lot of friends that have CPAs that charge 200 bucks and all they do is tax filing. And I'm like, you're missing out. Like there's actually a lot of money to be saved and made. With that, exactly. yeah. Well, last year we saved our clients on average 53,000 per client a year in taxes. And with that, if you combine that with compound interest, right? Because you can invest the the money in real estate, in your business or in, in um, the stock market, right? So right. even with compound interest at 7%, that could grow year over year to millions of dollars. Um, and so we wanted... It, and, you know, I know about insurance as well, right? Private placement, even if, right. if it's 4 to 6%, it's still a lot more than paying to the IRS or right. putting it in the bank, earning that's, less than 1% interest. That's insane. $53,000 on average. And I'm assuming that a lot of your clients have very high income. But anyway, you cut it. That's $53,000 is in, uh, way more than what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that's huge. Um, so the biggest question that military people have is why I why can't they write off the things they buy for their job in the military as W two employees? Yes, so that's a great question. That's uh, a lot of the W two employees ask the same question. If they, you were in the IT industry and they always want to write off a lot of stuff, now it's not going to work because you do not have a business. You can only write off expenses if you have a business, meaning mm -hmm. that you get paid in the form of ten nine nine, right? Um, or you know your clients pay you money and. It's, it's not to an employer. You're not going to get the W-2. Right. It's just not in the tax code that you can deduct anything if you're a W-2 employee. Um, yeah. When you file your tax returns, right, you can also, the other, you the itemized deductions, meaning that you can deduct some sort of home mortgage and um, um, charitable donations, things like that. But it's very rare that you can do it. I would say 95% of my clients do not itemize deductions because they do not have enough expenses to put in oh, that wow. schedule. Um, so pretty much if you have a W-2 job, you pay more than 50% in taxes. As we wow. discussed before, right? right? Not just the federal income tax, it's a state, it's the it's a payroll tax, it's a sale tax, it's a property tax, all that add up. Right. So you would suggest every American to have a business of some form to write off. Is that something you would suggest? If they do really want to have a business, because if you have a business and just to write off expenses and your business generate a loss um, right. more than three consecutive years, then you will get audited. Uh, Very high chance that you get audited. Okay. And if you do, then you would have to pay back. They would disallow the expenses. They would say that your business is a hobby and they would disallow oh. the expenses. So you would have to pay back the taxes you owe, penalty and interest as well. And we've We've been through several cases like that where people were not educated and they just have a business to generate losses for so many years and that's not going to help. So, so how much business, you have to make money? How much income do they have to generate? Is it like even $1 counts for a year? 
Yeah, I mean, just more than break even. Wow, that's, I mean, that that's a, you know, I cannot want to create a business and I'm sure I can find something that I can create a dollar somewhere uh, in, in all my expense. Obviously, that requires a lot more to, for the write-offs, but it sounds doable. So let's just say if you have a business that generates $10,000 in revenue, right? And then you right. write off $9,000 in expenses. Now your business make a thousand, which is still good. Right. You still have to pay tax on that 1,000. But right. the IRS cares about if you have 10,000 in income in revenue and you have 20,000 in expenses and 10,000 in net losses for more than three years, then you know it's not, it, it's not good. That makes perfect sense. So what kind of businesses do you generally recommend to maximize write-offs? Or what are some of the things that you see your clients doing that puts them at an uh, advantage? Um, let me think. So businesses, I know that in my experience working with more than 400 business owners, mm -hmm. service-related businesses are the most profitable. So okay. what are the service businesses, right? You do consulting, you can do um, insurance, you know, you can do private placement, um, right. what you're doing. What we're doing too, right. you can do financial consulting, you can do marketing consulting, um, anything that doesn't re doesn't require inventory. Right, right. Because if it requires inventory, then you would have to spend a lot of money on, you know, in the military, right, equipments or in restaurant, like food costs. It's, it could eat up all your profits. Right, 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 right. That makes perfect sense. And I think that uh, I, I wish more people saw the advantage of, of those write-offs because it's a huge... You know, I just finished my uh, my taxes with uh, Tax Planning Pros, and I pay taxes the last four years a lot. And all of a sudden, this year I get a refund. I'm like, you see, the year that I make the most money in my adult li in my life, I get a, a, a return, and it's because I finally found the experts to do it, right? So that's awesome, and I think that I keep trying to pass this on to people, um, so that they can take advantage of the tax code. Because I've after listening to the book, Mr. I think it's Wayne Wright, uh, he's from Kiyosaki's team. I was like, the tax code is a good thing. I just need to learn to leverage it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, what, what you do, I, I would almost say thank you for your service because it's so incredible what you're doing, putting more money in, in Americans' pockets. I, I think that that is incredible. Uh, with that, uh, another question that people generally have is because since service members have TSP traditional, how can they do a Roth conversion? Is that very hard? Is that just something a CPA does in the fi tax filing the next year? Uh, or is there things that they have to do beforehand to go from a traditional to a Roth? For traditional to a Roth, I think my general knowledge is you would have to um, have a year where you do not make a lot of money to, I mean, you don't have to, right? But it makes sense that way because the right. traditional, it, uh, it, you get a deduction, but then you have to pay tax when you retire. So do a Roth conversion is great, but then it has to be in a year that you make very low income compared to a normal year. And you right. still pay tax on the conversion, but then it's nothing compared to if you retire and it compounds, you know, you have to pay more taxes. Right. Uh, when it comes to the, the ins and outs of doing a Roth conversion, we're, we, we do the tax filing, but we're not advising on how to do it because that you work, need to work with a financial advisor on that to right. figure it out and all the forms. So I would suggest going to work with a financial advisor on that. Okay, to that to convert from okay for traditional Roth, yeah, because I've I've never done that. I'm going to have to do it, and I'm gonna ask Jeff uh, how to do it because uh, I want to get all my traditional into Roth here soon when I get out of the military. So, the what would you say are the largest write offs that 
your your business owners are able to write off? And the second question, what are the, what do you say? Now, I don't want to say eclectic, but weird, different write-offs that you have seen? Yeah, the largest uh, write-off, it really depends on the business. But I would okay. say majority of the business owners, the biggest write-off is payroll. Because you have to hire people to to work for you, right? To scale the business. So for my business, for example, majority of the expenses are payroll and contractor related because we are a very heavy service business. Right. Um, now, for some other businesses like restaurants or people maybe in the military uh, businesses, or um, that would be equipment or food costs. So cost of goods sold. So depending on the kind of businesses, the different kinds of expenses. Right. You said uh, weird expenses I've seen, right? I have a client that rode off an airplane. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. <laughs> $2.5 million. <laughs> and Whoa. Yeah, I, I guess that's a good way. I actually, the funniest one that I've seen, I have a friend that has a, a business in, in Austin, and he writes off all his uh, firearms and ammo you know, to mm-hmm. protect his land. And I was like, I mean, I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but his CPA does it. And I'm like, great. I'm sure there's a, and that's what I try to tell people. They're like, I, I've gotten messages by people that are like, how do I write off X? And I'm like, you need a business that makes that expense necessary and ordinary, you know, yeah. and then you're you're set in, uh, but, and I, that's what I love about good CPAs, the creativity, the how do you form the business, create the business to mold this to it, uh, so it's it's really, really cool what you guys do, uh, grabbing the tax code and almost massaging it so that it makes sense for others, which I think is great, right? So- yeah. Well, I mean, the airplane is great because he's always wanted to, normal people would say, well, this is crazy. Why would you buy an airplane, right? But with my client, he's wanted for a while. He has partners. He can use it for different purposes. It works for him. But again, it's like, again, with the tax plan, it has to to fit with the individual's wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And what they can afford. Um, yeah. I liked your story about writing off because it's right. Everybody has different things that they want to write off. And if it's not, if they don't do it the correct way, then it could be severe. Like the, the impact could be severe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so true. And I don't, I don't want to get audited. Uh, so that's why I go to experts. So you're in the business, you know, you don't, you don't give advice, right? I'm not a financial advisor. But what is the best and worst advice you have ever gotten? Okay, the best advice I've had, um, man, there's just so many good advices I got. Yeah. Good advice I got. um, The best advice is to invest in myself. Okay. And I I cannot agree more because if I'm not healthy uh, mentally and physically, spiritually, then the business is not going to run and nothing is going to work. So I spend a lot of money on training and education to help Mm -hmm. with my mindset to help with my mentality and, you know, do a lot of workout and I eat organic food. Like I want to make sure that I'm at the best shape and um, mental stage possible. So that's the best advice that I had. Um, Their advice about finance and, you know, how to invest money in this and that, right? I love that. But I've always go back to working on myself. Right. And if I have to spend all my money on myself, I will. Yeah. I, and I find that uh, not enough of the people that I know do that, Cause especially because in my community, we're so used to our our line of work providing our education and providing the care that it's very uncomfortable to then go and spend 
$1,000, $200 on personal development. And that is, mm-hmm. I've noticed it with me. It's like I go to an event and I pay 200 bucks and I'm like, man, $200 is a lot of money. And then I get there and I'm like, this was a bargain. So yeah. I, I'm trying to change that mindset. And I see, you know, you know the cost of Jeff. To, he's not cheap, but to me, it's worth it because I know I can reach out to him any moment. To me, he's training also. He's not just a, 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 I'm investing in me by talking to Jeff, not in just in my taxes. Exactly. So it, it means a lot to me as well. So what about the worst advice you've ever gotten in, in the finance space? In the finance space, um, again, it depends on the people's personal situation, right? So it could be the worst advice for me. Um, yeah, at a yeah. point in time, but it could, for someone else, it could be the best advice ever. Right. Uh, but the worst advice I have, in my opinion, funny enough, it's actually from uh, the rich dad, poor dad, too. And, and it's kind of conflicting, but then he said accumulating a lot of debt and, oh, you know, yeah. zero out your bank account. I know that it works for certain people, but it doesn't work with my personality. Right. Um, I do want to have debt to grow my business and to grow and to invest right in the form of investment. But I still want to make sure I have a safety net to right. come back to, um, in the form of other assets, not just real estate. Right. You know, and that's a really good one. And again, then another big question on the CPA side, I know that you can write off, uh, because and like you said, that's really bad advice for some people. Zero out your bank account, pay your debt. doesn't work for me either. I, I need to leverage OPM. That is just how my brain works. Mm. But especially now with interest rates going up and I know more of my audience wants to continue to buy houses, what are the requirements to write off the interest rate on your home? Because that's a a huge cost saving and it's only going to get bigger as the years go on. Yes, that's a great question. So when it comes to writing off interest on your home, the best way to do it is you would rent out a part of it. Okay. Or you would have a home office, have a business, right? So if you have a home office, then you can write off expenses associated with that part of the home. So let's just say your home office is um, 200 square feet and your house is 1,000 square feet, then uh, one-fifth of whatever you spend on your house could be spent on your home office space. Mm -hmm. And you can also use, like if you buy a sofa or you buy like a printer, things for your home office, photos, things like that, you can swipe them off too. So that's good. Um, that's good to, to know, right? Now, right. another thing to know is if you want to rent out a part of your house to someone else, that person can literally pay off your mortgage. Right, right. You can live in your house for free. At the same time, you can write off the home office space. Right. I generally suggest that to people. I did that in uh, when I bought my first home in California. I got a bunch of roommates and... I think I, you know, I gave myself bad advice and I bought a house that I couldn't afford on my own, but I figured it out and it worked out. I took a huge risk, but I had roommates the entire time and it worked out for me. So I try to encourage people and like we all, you know, we talk about in, in, in the finance world, you have to take a risk. If you play it too safe all the time, it's really hard to win. So you got to take some risks, right? Calculated at that. And I knew I could make it happen and I, it was very tight for one month. I was in the house for six years, so it really worked out for me. So I try to encourage people to be mindful with that. Oh, yeah. So, I would suggest keeping three to six months, at least three to six months of your expenses, either business right. or personal in your bank account. 
um, just in case anything happens, you have a safety net, right? Or right. you have assets that you can sell. But I like for a company our size in particular, we need to keep at least three months of operating expenses. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you don't want to end up in a hole. And uh, that happens to a lot of people. And people, I noticed that they're really bad at balancing it. They, a lot of people either have too little and then I run into people that have too much. Yeah. I'm like three months expenses is like $20,000 and they have a hundred and I'm like, you're missing out. Your money could be doing so much for you. Uh, and it's, it's a huge balance. Now they keep that three months of expenses and are they investing it in something pretty safe, but like it's liquid, right? right. I would not say just keeping in the bank and earning, you know, less than 1% interest. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So what are, what are your goals and dreams? Uh, what are you, what are you doing with, um, with FNR advisory? Like, again, how, how, what effect are you going to have in the world? That's a lot of questions, but what are your goals and dreams? I can tell you one goal uh, in each in each criteria, professionally, personally, and financially. Then, and then okay. um, you can you know ask me if you have need yeah. further clarification. So, my goals and dreams when it comes to R is we our biggest goal is to get us two hundred million dollars in revenue, okay. and that's a ten year target. I know nowadays in the past, like you know years ago, it's easy to come up with a ten year target and say, okay, we have a ten year goals and dream, and we build the whole roadmap to get there. But with 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 technology and AI and everything that's happening nowadays, that goal, even though we have that number, but it, that goal has to be flexible. Right. Uh, how we get there needs to be more flexible, and can't just build a business plan and say this is the plan to get to hundred million dollars. But that's right. always in our mind to get to that hundred million dollars in revenue in ten years. Um, and we're gonna help two two thousand business owners, and uh, we're gonna have uh, two hundred employees working for us. Wow. So. Our goal here, we have very big goals, right? And I'll, whenever I think about it, I'm a little bit scared because it's it's a big goal. But like, if a goal doesn't scare me, then it's not a good goal. So I'm I agree. I totally agree. Um, financially, I would like to uh, be able to make at least two million dollars in uh, in income for myself. Okay. And why do I come up with two million dollars? Because I've never accomplished that. And once I get to that $2 million mark, then it's one milestone that I can get to. And then I move to the next next target. With the $2 million, I can buy homes. I can help my family. Um, so, you know, I can talk to you more about that. Those are sub goals that are under that $2 million financial goal. Personal goal, I would like to um, have uh, abs, so six pack. So that has always been my dream. And I want to accomplish that. So yeah. I'm doing a lot of training to get to that point. But overall, I, I love living the life I have and I'm always grateful. And it's not that nowadays I have my own business, I'm happy. I've, I've trained myself to be happy even though I don't have any money or when I was a kid, right? Yeah. Uh, generally a happy person. And my, my other personal goal is to empower people to live the life they love, uh, no matter what condition they are. So in, when I talk to you, when I talk to my employees or when I talk to Anyone, our kind that we coach, we want to empower them to live the life they love yeah. because life is not as short. Anything can happen to you today or tomorrow. Oh, so yeah. if you do not love every moment, you know, it's, you might not know there's a next moment. So yeah. that's the, that's the mindset. That's, that's huge. And I think it was after the show Limitless with Chris Hemsworth that, uh, oh. he have you seen that show? I watched the movie with, uh, Bradley Cooper. 
so that that's a different movie. So there's a show with Chris Hemsworth oh. about health and how he sees living a long life. Oh, incredible! One. And one of the things that hit me that he says is that that kind of re resonated in my mind is that you know, uh, you know, I'm gonna die. I, I'll be dead in a minute. Like mm -hmm. I only have one more minute to live. And it's like, well, if you think of it that way, it's like there's a whole different sense of urgency to create an impact and, and, and take care of ourselves. Right. Uh, so that's huge. And on the six pack, good luck, uh, which is actually, it's so funny because I recently heard that there's more people that are millionaires in America that they have six packs. Oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it crazy? Right. But in, in my community, there's a bunch of people with six packs. So it's, very, it's a huge disparity, right, of what we get exposed to. So people in my community think, oh, I get a six-pack is, I'm not going to say easy, easier, right? But then if I go in probably your circle, making a million's easier, right? Oh. So it's very funny, right? Um, Interesting. So what effect do you want to have in the world? Uh, I know you said about getting people to, to live uh, the, the best life they have. But do you have any other like large goals that you want to have an effect in people's lives? Yeah. So I think on the business side, we want to contribute to 2,000 business owners, 2,000 families to help them wow. save more taxes and grow their businesses. And if they can grow their businesses, they help their own employees. Right. Um, it, it's, if everyone lives the life they love, then it's going to affect everybody else, right? Um, I've always wanted to change the world for the better. Um, I do think that it starts with if, like, in my opinion, if it's, if you can just live the life you love, then you know that's that's a miracle because a lot of people yeah. do not, you know, live it. And even if when you say it that like, I want to live the life I love, I don't. Like a lot of people don't. No, not at all. To, to get to that point, and in every conversation that we have with people with families, like how can we reinforce that? It's not like we're we're forcing people to to love their lives, right? But <laughs> that mentality can be, can be shifted. Um, we would live in a much better world. Right. Right. So I, I wanted to, um, w with that, you know, you being a, a successful woman in business, if, if you had, you know, a minute with your two minutes with your audience, what message would you send to your audience? Um, I would say definitely live the life you love and, appreciate every every moment because you don't know when the next moment would be but in my uh my experience right money is just one thing but if the money is just sitting there and it's not doing anything then it's not we're not fulfilled so i would ask people to really look into what are their life purpose and i know it's hard it's hard to figure it out for me my life purpose is to help people look, live the life they love and um through, through finances so um, our goal is to help business owners minimize tax liabilities and maximize their profits and build their legacies and right. in return, loving their lives and their family. Yeah. So I would say that uh, to, to, to business owners or to people that are li living, uh, listening to uh, this podcast, um, what's your life purpose? And let's just say if you do not have one more minute to leave, right? Uh, or one more minute to live, like what would you want to do now? Right. And Can I just... It just hit me that the, the questions asking you, the answer sounds repetitive. And then it hit me that your, uh, what is it? Your prime directive is so solid that it's like, it's covering all these things. And what I try to tell my audience is that great, you can go make money, but if you don't have the right mindset, going back to thinking grow rich, it's never gonna happen. 
So I really appreciate that you're repetitive with it because it's it shows that it's totally ingrained in everything that you do and in your business. And I think it's a lesson that we can all take uh, that that if we have that right mindset, we're going to achieve those goals, which is awesome. It's easy, it's awesome. right? It's, it's Once you figure it out, it's easy because every time I talk to someone or every time I do something, it's yeah. the immediate mindset that am I doing the right thing? Am I do am I true to myself? And am I living my life mission? Right, 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 right. I that's awesome. Uh, well, I had a, another question on on how, do you guys deal a lot with veterans and service members? We have a few clients that are veterans and service members, and you guys work really hard, and you have your targets, and you're all very successful. So I do have faith, and I, I really think that you're going to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish because you are trained to be loyal and honest and pursue your goals no matter what. Right. I have a lot of respect I you. We appreciate that. And I actually tell that to my audience as well is that, you know, they, they think that getting wealthy is hard, and I'm like, you've done harder things in life, mm-hmm. right? You can achieve anything. Again, mindset, right? So, and and maybe there's nothing, but I wanted to ask, is there anything specific that you've seen from service members or veteran owners or uh, veteran business owners that you think we could do better? Mm-hmm. That is specific to our community. And maybe there's nothing, but I just wanted to ask. In terms of like finance or- in Finance of- and, and CPA side for the most part. So I could be wrong uh, because I don't work with, I don't have a, a big sample size to, right. um, to kind of generalize, right? Um, but right. I think it might not just be the people in the veteran or service community, but in my client in general is that people do not really think about finance um, that much. So wow. finance is like, you know, I think it should be number one thing to think about um, mm. health and finance and family, right? But then people push finances to like the bottom um, of the list. So when it comes to making money, like you might be very good at making the sales call and doing the work, but when it comes to organizing it and paying taxes and making sure you're not overdue on certain things, like it's like the bottom of the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that in a lot of people. And it's some of the people that I work with that were in, in the military, you guys do the same thing. Oh, yeah. That's a, a big trend that, you know, mind, body, spirit, finance is the one that I, I heard. I, I, I'll i give credit to where I heard it. It was in a traumatic brain injury clinic that I went to. And we always hear mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit. But the moment that you throw mind, body, spirit, finance, it's all part of it, right? And and if you neglect one, the other ones suffer. So it's a, it's a huge balance. And I know that you and I are trying to make a change in the world uh, and the financial space to allow people to get to their version of wealthy because uh, that allow, supports all their other dreams. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You integrate it into your daily life, mind, body, spirit, and then finance. Right. Totally. Totally. So um, where can people find FNR? Yes. Yeah, so you can go to um, fnrcpa.com. That's our website. Okay. Or if you yep. would like to schedule a free consultation with us, we do... Okay offer a 30-minute um, conver- Zoom conversation with people who are interested in working with us or partnering with us or just collaborate, yeah. then it's uh, you can email team at evanrcpa.com and we have a number we can give you that you can post and yeah. join as well. That would be great. Now, we you and I spoke a little bit about a, a program that you guys are developing. I know I don't know if the program's ready to go, but can you expand? tell us a little more about the program that uh, you guys are coming up with? 
Oh, yes. So I, from my experience working in taxes and accounting for over 10 years, I realized that not a lot of people, there are a lot of businesses that are startups and um, not, a, not a lot of businesses can reach the point where they make $250,000 a year mm-hmm. in revenue. And in my opinion, if you do not make $250,000 in revenue, tax planning is great, but it's not a must because you can do your own taxes, your own books, like you can still, you're still good because we do charge at least 10000 for anyone that works with us. Right. Um, now, I do not, I, I do not want to ignore the population of, of, of startup uh, business owners because you have so much potential. Mm-hmm. And so I do want to help and contribute. So I'm developing a program, um, which is um, still in development. So when it's ready, I'll let you know. Awesome. But I'm thinking about $1,500 for the six-week uh, course that we teach people that are, in, that are starting up how to organize their finances and how to, there's some mentality around finances and investment, um, how to organize your taxes, um, what are some of the simple tax planning strategies you can use right. before you reach that point. So I think it's going to be very helpful that you can yeah. gain knowledge that, um, that when you're not ready yet for the $250,000 mark, it's going to be very helpful for you to get there and to expedite your process. Right. And I correct me if I'm wrong. The end goal is that after that training, people can have all the right documentation and all the right information so that they can go to a tax filer, hand it over, and they will still maximize the write-offs. That the, Almost the tax filer can't mess it up because they got the expert knowledge from a tax planner. Is that kind of the idea of the program? Correct. So in any program, you have the high achievers and we have the people who are just hanging out, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, like if you are a high achiever in the program and you show up in the Q&A calls and you follow the video training, then that's the correct answer. Um, but then for the ones that if you are not serious about it and push it to the bottom of your to-do list, then it's not going to happen. But our goal is we're going to give you all the tools possible for you to manage your finances um, before you reach that have a quarter million dollar mark. Yeah. Perfect. I am. I am so stoked. Uh, I, I think that we're going to we've spoken about some other things like SkillBridge and I don't know if it's going to happen. That This is my, my hope and hopes and dreams so that maybe we can put some of those 200 oh, yeah. people you're going to hire. We can be some veterans. Uh, I, I know some awesome women that would be, be a great cool. asset to your team. Um, and, and yeah, I am super stoked. Thank you so much for your time uh, and your resources. I'm going to post the email, the phone number. And once we have this program, I'm going to be sharing it. So thank you so much. Uh, this was great, uh, Mia. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. And, and yes, we're always hiring. We're hiring two more team members uh, for the accounting team. And we're hiring one more sales position for the sales team. So we'll welcome all the applications. And I would love awesome. to use SkillBridge. And I think there might be another program you guys have, like two different programs, right? Um, yeah. That we can you can utilize the resources and help you at the same time. Right. I'm probably going to be sending you the information for the other program because uh, I'm interested. But uh, the skill bridge is the more important one in my mind because it captures the widest audience of the military. Right. Oh. Anybody can apply to it. So you may get a 20 year old with no experience applying. You may get a 43 year old uh, high senior member of the military. So it's a wide berth and you get to accept and deny as needed. But I think that there's like I have a friend, she's applied to 19 programs. Nobody's taken her. Really? And she wants she wants to do a remote program. And I'm like, this is a problem. She's hungry. She doesn't know what she wants to do. She wants to skill bridge somewhere. Nobody will take her because whatever path she took in the career. So that it, it hurts me because I want her to be able to get exposed to something. 
And obviously, I'm sure that I dare say that just about anybody in the presence of of you guys would benefit from it. Without just sitting in that office, could just sit there and like your job is to sit here and say nothing. People are going to benefit from it just from listening. So I hope that we can get to that those two programs and uh, change the world. I, I would yeah. love to, and yes, changing the world one person at a time, right? That's it. That's it. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you. This podcast is not financial advice, and it only represents the opinions of those participating. Our goal is to get you to your version of financial independence. Please follow and like on every platform.